Winter captives love, lust and submission. Two, three, logline. The second Arctic blast of 2014 spread across Georgia like one of the seven plagues of Egypt. As the blizzards, cold snow falls upon the secluded mountain bungalows and swanky enclaves the heat rises for three trapped lovers and their journey of primal discovery in the midst of a secret community of twisted, carnal games and dangerous rituals. This perilously dark and enticing sect is duly named The Slide. Four. Title, Winter Captives Lust, Love and Submission During Georgia's Second Arctic Blast. I was warned, but he was dead. Total miscalculation on my behalf. Or was it? Five. Synopsis. Six. Chronology. Forward Introduction Part 1. As chance meetings a primal journey begins. As we slept through warning exodus to ecstasy, becoming the lady of the manor part, two view from the Nook MDA ceremony across the Spencer table heat in the master suite. 7. Part 3 dinner for 3 the PIE safe. The cleansing dark and decadent ceremony 13 lashes. Part 4. Shower for 3 choice of bedrooms, 1 or 2 covers for 3 moonlight, and hot tubs shots fired epilogue. 8. 9. Forward. And so, it is, that both the devil and the angelic spirit present us with objects of desire, to awaken our power, inwardly, of course. They call me the Lady L. Many people, who know me liken me to the quintessential wild thing from D.H. Lawrence's poem. I never met a wild thing feeling sorry for itself. A bird will fall frozen from its bough, without ever feeling sorry for itself. D.H. Lawrence I, of course, agree with their assessment wholeheartedly. This peculiar affair of the heart I have chosen to narrate for myself. 10. 11. Prologue North Georgia Mountains and Metro Atlanta 2013-14 there I was naked as a jaybird on a cold heart slab face down, while participating in this ardent and peculiar type of hedonistic and paganist ritual on my initiation, so to speak. Yui cast every ounce of his discontent and fury into his last and thirteenth whip across my pain-laden backside, as his wide black leather and spiked whip yelped his fury. That damn boy nearly crushed my shoulder blade as I collapsed further into that table. Alexei and the other members of sect, the SLIDE, raced over to assist in keeping me from complete and utter unconsciousness. But, it was to no avail. I remember only taking in a deep breath, which appeared to hang in my throat for an eternity. Somehow, the term naked and afraid just doesn't quite say it. Next, I collapsed in the arms of Alexei and another member behind a funny court jester's mask. Of course, he too was wearing a white hooded velvet cloak made of the finest velvet and silk with golden and red tassels. The same as Alexei and Yui. I know this because on instinct my hands tightly wrapped themselves into their cloaks. 
because I felt as if I needed to cling to something tangible and rough. Maya's had flipped over and began tilting towards the left side of their robes, where I noticed the two symbols, as I looked up in shock and awe infinity, and the fleur de Why those particular details stuck in my head, conscious or not, is anybody's guess. Know this, however, both gentlemen had the look of hungry wolves wanting to avenge the newest member of pack, or rather, hedonic sect. Moreover, I remember clear as a bell, my last thoughts as I rapidly slipped into a deeper lever of unconsciousness. How in Sam hell did we end up in this crazy space? But to answer that I would have to go backwards, meticulously, via my life's history before relocating up in those North Georgia mountains. Swanked up in Claved in Paradise, or not? Give the pause. It does this a lot lately, guys. Sorry. I will fix that in a minute. And here. Go. T. Incited and driven with ghastly needs and relentless wants, to the point of me looking like a decoy. The headlights. Or rather between the sights of rabid hunters, something within my mentally and emotionally PTSD. Battle-worn spirit had to give. 12. Impulsively or not, I knew I had to move boldly and swiftly, if I had any iota of wanting to bring about tangible changes I could feel, rather than continually daydream about in my life. Like some days, and confused grad student coed seeing the world realistically, for the first time, especially during that point in my life's history. Because attempting to live and navigate my way through Metro Atlanta's ever-changing and concrete jungle environment was becoming a very daunting and overwhelming task. To the point of my feeling utter disdain and resistance to the overgrowth and change to the Metro's true beauty and harmony that I so vividly cherished with my very soul. Well, at least at one time, my tears streamed, literally, during every downpour of rain from the pain. We self-proclaimed southern traditionalists are funny that way. The rapid and over-the-top transition to our southern enclave, we felt, was beyond the pale. Plus, a very scorning betrayal, not only by God, but those whom we trusted with our vision of what Metro Atlanta should, and should never ever be a mini New York. Me most assuredly. Seriously, my ass didn't truly understand the true profoundness of this change, at the time. But I was just over it all. The sensing of my valued southern traditionalisms fleeting my grasps the likes of a Halley's Comet across the constellations. The ever-growing inner emptiness of desertion clambered and riled in the pit of my stomach. The likes of a high-powered jackhammer, as it left gaping holes in my depths to no lie. Clearly, I needed to desperately seek some form of peace of mind and spirit. Especially, if there was any chance or hope of salvaging my brokenness and intimate wreckage. 
but most of all I needed love and devotion from all sides. Of course, if I ever wanted to feel whole or like myself ever again in life. Starved as hell intimately, to the point of my loins and inner sanctum feeling drier than the Mojave Desert, began splintering my left brain into frayed fractions. My body began, most certainly its intimate parts, felt as if I had been cast into premenopause, or something close to it. Way too young for that scenario or feeling. Total non-stera if you really think about it. For a gal who's a self-proclaimed control freak I could no longer fathom, emotionally nor mentally, not having a firmer grip on my love life, as well as my social life. Worse I was far more aware of why I felt that way inside. More aware than I would ever wish to admit to anyone. Right or wrong, Myas was jaded and cynical as fuck optimistically. How could I not? Continually, warring with the wanting needs of slaking desire. Lord, I could barely stand my own self and existence. When a woman who knows herself is that. 13. Distraught by her feelings, it's time to make command decision type of moves. Guess what y'all? I was just that type of broad-shouldered broad. Despite my melancholy emotions and self-doubt. However, deep down in my battle-worn soul I knew, instinctively, that the war within me had begun to peak, to the point of full-blown collateral damage of my inner core and spirit. So, without a moment's hesitation, very detailed planning and horrid impatience. I headed north, to the mountains, for my new and emotional reprieve, adventure, and to begin charting a new life in centrally uncharted waters, so to speak. Call it self-preservation. But my body quaked from the need of intimate touch, warm words of sentiment, understanding, and most of all, binary sensual reverie. Shit, my libido and ego needed firm long-term stroking. The how or whys of it were not essential. Only the acts themselves. Just go with it. It was my state of mind at that time in my life. Loat, if I only knew. Hey, a woman can hope. Right? Sometimes. I swear. I felt like Samantha's character from Sex in the City, only wanting that temporary intimate fix. Without all of its commitment, pomp and circumstance, and fairy tale endings. Lord? Clearly. I was far more naive and clueless than one could have ever imagined. But pain, hurt and desperation will take over your life, long before you could ever feel or notice it. Especially, after opening my life and sensuality to both Hugo, Alexei, and his cousin Yui. Because the darkness that I felt I was seeking was no match for their reprobative black hole. This is where my journey of dark intimate, intellectual, and spiritual realignment, so to speak, began. As I reached to point of no return with Metro Atlanta, its antics, and most of all her, so-called polite society, as a whole. The move occurred just as rather stealthily, winter of 2014. Behind the guise of the perfect storm the second Arctic blast over Georgia. Nothing, and I mean nothing, in our lives would ever be the same, again. Only question, is this what we truly want? 
but were too damn pansy I said to face it both intimately and spiritually. Because we were nothing short of carnal harlots and reprobates, no matter how hard our callback spurts fought against it. Greed over need is a zero-sum game, winners take all, so to speak. Always. 14. 15. From the temptation of fate. Rather it was wrong or right, in my pseudo-harlot and unforgivable defense, I believe a part of me from. Within the depths of my dark and hungry spirit both needed and wanted to go there, to the dark space calmly. You know, that worshipped sacred feminine space of cognitive and primal ultimate submission. No IFS, ands, or buts. Let's just call it an alpha female thing for now. Because, like-minded women like myself only invested our trust in that which we felt we had major control over. I can't begin to express that fact enough. If we hadn't the control, we pretty damn well had very little trust. Yet, our adventurous spirits always took over the helm and trajectory of our lives. Because we loved giving into it. Very few women have the balls and intellectual mindset to go that deep into their carnal psyche. Obviously, I was not one of them at the time. My courage and cognitive snarky elitism, so to speak, had always been daring. Because I don't like missing out on sensually mischievous inclinations. Of course, within limits. After all, it's called the dark place for a reason. Right? Geez. Never hate the players or the game. As women, these types of attributes take a strong depth of intestinal fortitude attributes of which I held in abundance. It was time for me to pursue an outlet. Though in all honesty perhaps, I was emotionally and optimistically spent in the boyfriend and girlfriend department. Especially, after having given my all to those I loved, with every fibre of my tattered being, literally. Only to have such love unabated, in return, which splintered my soul into rigidly charred fractions. Yet, Something deep within the depths of both my psyche and wounded guts would not let go of the childish inclination within me clambering for its last breath of survival. Enthusiasm. Why? I often asked myself, rhetorically. But the answer was so very simple. If you really think about it. Albeit provocative and perversive to outsiders, I had my mother's strong and stoic spirit for impatience and foolishness but my father's cast iron will and determination for adventure. Also, to live my life out loud and on my own terms. No matter the cost. It couldn't be helped. My father drilled these ideologies and strengths of mind into his daughters. Relentlessly. You gotta love those drill sergeant types. Their iron will, wisdom, and intestinal fortitude spews over into every aspect of their lives. No bullshittle. 16. That said, having evolved into the consummate, father's daughter, adventurer, I needed to seek and unleash that voyager alter ego and spirit commanding itself to be released from inside me. Moreover, my libido needed to feed off a stronger, darker, more carnivorous type of zeal, zest, passion, desire, and primal animal to live that, so-called life of pleasure-seeking 
from its outer edges. Because let's be clear and earnest from a wanting woman's perspective, the ultimate goal was to put out the fire raging ever so wildly upon my robust and wanting loins. I mean, to the point of my inner thighs turning a seething red to white hot, just at the mere thought. My goodness. Thinking back, I was eight the hell up military term for fucked up with primal need. Seeking a remedy, in all truth, was a damn no-brainer. Though drastic, such a peculiar and determined mindsets were needed. Because this self-proclaimed alpha female was on her mission, and my mind was made the hell up. I would move forward, as stealthily as possible, to eradicate the continued build-up of passion and aching, clamoring within the depths of my centrally haunted soul. And hunted it was. I reluctantly hate to admit. But damn, my ass was suit needy well back then. There was no hiding the hurt and pain within me anymore. Because it took on a mind of its own, and it slithered itself into every fissure of my life. The situation was just that serious, or rather physically and emotionally dire. Alexei, so I thought, had no idea. But these untold wants, so to speak, were only gonna happen a certain way and manner, my way, and on my own damn terms. Of course, as a total free spirit with my own interpretation of the masculine. Mindsets. Because, back then, I wanted in on all those private and privileged billionaire boys club freedoms and carnal. Playing fields Alexei and his wealthy playboy sect always played upon, so to speak. After all, we were in a sense all equals professionally, philosophically, and intellectually. Sue, why not sensually? Time to level that pleasure playing field. Shit women need relief and satisfaction too. Just as men do. I can't help salivating at the mouth from the thought. Fact. Please, let me make it as clarifying as possible, ideologically. Because sensuality is, after all, ideally a competitive sport, not for the faint at heart. That said, as an overachiever and high flyer professionally, work had taken over my love life, I had come a long way from Egypt, so to speak, no shit. Out of what appeared to be a blinding determination and self-preservation to seek out the type of love and adventure I so passionately longed for and pursued for nearly seven long years. Literally. 17. Moreover, I was fucking over polite society elites relaying to me that as a woman I had certain limitations and societal responsibilities to live up to. Meaning, I couldn't allow myself to be privy to such carnal, primal, or provocative indulgences like those wicked, wealthy, naughty and sexy as playboys. Why? Because I was a woman. Obviously, they had no idea as to who or whom they were talking to. I am my father's daughter. Once I heard this, it only strengthened my zeal for adventure. What? Because I am a woman, indeed. Total eye-rolling notion. Talk about raising my dandruff. Safe to iterate that our ideologies were a bit like the clashing of the titans. I'd never fit in this snarky and snooty crowd, not for all the tea in China. 
Hence, my reason for relocating to one of the highest points on Twin Mountain Lakes Reserve and Conservation. No doubting I chose the cabin chalet from Hell and Corner Lot in a good way. To hell with those buckhead Atlanta wannabe snubbish sons of bitches. Of whom really had no idea of true etiquette and grace. Not all of them, but most. Though fitting or irrational, facts are facts, they really pissed my ass off, trying to remake me over in their image. Because I wasn't about to give fuel nor favor to such utter nonsense. My soul was near a breaking point and needed relief or a remedy. Of which, I cannot iterate enough. Early 20th century etiquettes and ideologies were a total non-starter to me. Those folks needed to realize that some bitches in the world enjoy being tortured by salacious inclinations and impulses. Nothing wrong with owning my own intimate and primal self-truth. Emily Post will simply have to turn a blind eye or turn over in her grave. Proper manners and ladylike etiquettes. Indeed. Don't try to tell me how to live my life. I was gonna live up to my own expectations, not that of others. Alexei was well aware of this hunger within me, to the point of urging me to accelerate the momentum, to what he deemed as the cognitive and emotional unshackling of myself, mentally and physically to the whims and wills of others. Alexei really despised that Atlanta Buckhead crowd just as much. Feeling, they were over-the-top gregarious and capricious. How utterly ironic looking back. Nonetheless, deep down, in my emotional and psychological depths I felt that fair was damn fair when it came to these peculiar and mercurial playboy types. Plus, as reluctant as I am to state these gentlemen were fine, potent, and as alpha male as they come. Let me be frank and honest as hell. Myas wanted in on all the benefits. 18. And rewards that had eluded myself, along with so many other women, that possessed the same peculiar mindsets all our lives. Besides, this would be the only way to conquer the ever-deepening loneliness and feelings of utter abandonment that had churned wildly in my gut, for far too long. Wild adventure was the only remedy and cure. All I can iterate or state after that is, what in the hellfire damnation was I thinking? One thing was for certain. I should have known much better. Not wanting to beat the proverbial dead horse to death. I can't iterate this notion enough. Unfortunately, or rather imprudently, I willfully and excitingly signed both the NDA and the cohabitational agreement between Alexei, Yui, and myself. Knowing full well what it meant, from a dark mercurial and intimate perspective, as well as what would be required of me, going forward in my relationship with both gentlemen, fiscally, intellectually, spiritually, sensually, and physically. And in that order. Truth be known, Christian Grey would have been green from envy. Those agreements were as powerful and spot on as they come. Moreover, as I signed on the bottom line, my overly pompous as couldn't help but snicker and think quietly to myself. Because I knew of three snarky and snooty bitches who would kill to be sitting where I was. Literally. Of course, my ass was smirking like hell. Fucking game on. Proper ladylike etiquette, 
the nerve of those sons of bitches was all I could think about. Just the thought of it made me smirk with utter insolence and beguile, as the feeling of triumph slaked its way into my thought processes. Why? Because deep down in places those snarky bitches don't wish to expose, they would hit the damn, kill switch in their own boring relationships, to experience this level of pleasure-seeking, intimacy, and freedom. Hellfire and damnation. What a sobering truth they'd never reveal, at least not openly. Ladies, let's just call it for what the hell it is. Wretched emancipation. Because, truth be known, both agreements had all the I's dotted and T's crossed. Along with said agreements being ironclad as hell. Fucking, yes. A total, woman's wet dream. Prompting my nectar of the gods and resonating heat to flow between my clinching thighs. How funny and extraordinary. Nothing was left to chance or guesswork, very surreal. The interests of all parties involved, Alexi, Yui, and me, were well satisfied and curated. Making me a goddamn millionaire and heir apparent of global significant holdings, bonds and property, in a matter of a few moments. What in the damnation, or rather fuck it a fuck, was that shit about? I wondered quietly too. 19. Myself, as my limbs trembled in utter excitement and fear. Cause no ex-wife in, her right mind, would allow such lustrous and magnanimous gifts to the other woman so freely. Especially, a vital, viral, and hungry one, like myself. Alexei and Yui, his very close cousin and business partner across the way, were determined and spot-on to ensure that they would fully ready military for fully prepared me for my trip down that decadently delicious dark and reprobative rabbit hole. Gosh Alexei and I, Sue, underestimated that boy's lust and darkness. Who could have guessed how my life would get turned so upside down, intimately, and emotionally? Yet the darkness is so brazenly and magnetically alluring. No way in hell I could have resisted such frighteningly mind-blowing debauchery with these two roues. Especially, with Yui's as being just as fine, if not sexier, than Alexa's ass. Talk about a fuck -a fuck fucked up situation. Albeit right, wrong or indifferent, my mindset was nearly off the proverbial reservation. Meaning, resistance was too far out of the picture. I had zero control over my willfulness and willingness towards either gentleman. Alexei, as fate would have it, was well aware of my deficient resilience. Either way, it couldn't be helped under the present circumstances, both of those boys were overwhelming. At least, from a wealthy, dark daddy's and alpha male perspective. I didn't have what it took to flee, not in my former state of mind or philosophical state of being straight libertine. Having been in the possession of my daring spirit. Fucking curiosity. That son of a bitch always seemed to get the better of us all, me, most assuredly. The best explanation is that we all became the absolute best of dark clandestine intimate friends and amazing lovers for the duration of our lives. It would not matter if we were married, divorced, or dating others. Ours was a specialized and unique connection. Yet, little could our little love. Packed of guest or known, 
just how perilous the signing of such agreements would be, at the end of it all. We were blinded by impulsive indignations and carnal greed. Never a good or righteous state of being. Although, driven by necessity, or unbridled want from Alexei, and Yui both gentlemen knew exactly what they wanted. This was too daring and delicious to turn down. There was a special clause in that NDA, which required this obligation. Specifically, the fact that the three of us were nearly salivating at the mouth from excitement, kinda says it all. But, back then, that's where we were. Out on that dark edge, teetering with such primal peril. Safe to say we were allied with each other for life. From my perspective and purview a permanent safety net, both emotionally and intimately. 20. However, monetarily, Alexei and Yui both knew. I didn't need them. My needs were more wanting and hungrier. The dark side of me saw this as, nothing short of, leverage. But don't think for a minute that a small part of me didn't turn pseudo-backflips, from the thought of becoming that loved, desired, and wealthy by both gentlemen. Nor was it easy to take this all in at once, and at face value. Especially, with me being a consummate cynic. Goodness. Still, I loved Alexei and Yui, like no other. It could not be helped. Once my benefactors suborned my body and hunger under those Norwegian blue fox fur comforters, our passions scorched the linens like a napalm-laden LZ landing zone. No denying such carnal bliss joined us at the hips forever. In addition to perpetuating me into utter and total suspended animation, as well. Cause those boys left no stone unturned, intimately. In other words, we became lewd as hell, as we fed our dark and carnivorous wantings. But, goodness, it was the way we conducted this lewd and lustful journey that blew the hell out of all our minds. Of course, at the end of it all. Yet, in the interim forging a very intimate and dark alliance with that dark sect. Don't know what the hell we were doing or thinking at that time. Damn. Lord, go fucking figure. At the same time, our little love pact would become privy arbiters of all our deepest and darkest secrets, which was the primary thread of our tightly woven and primal union. In the interim, however, I must iterate without any fear of reproach that I was taken on one daring and fucking fantastic sensual pleasure-seeking journey. I need to reiterate. It was not only bliss-filled, but absolute sensual enlightenment. I'm talking early 20th century, Honor East Nin, D. H. Lawrence, Georgia Douglas Johnson, Gabrielle Collette, Langston Hughes, Gwendolyn Brooks, Marjorie K. Rawlings, Anna Bontamps, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Gertrude Stein, and Ernest Hemingway levels of intellectual and sensual enlightenment, just to name a few. Hey, we weren't spring chickens. Never underestimate the sensual hunger of baby boomers. We act, good, bad, or indifferent. As for me, there would be no girlfriend conferences or encouragement needed. The closing of the deal has a ticking timer, and we alpha female baby boomer types don't negotiate, period. Consequences are always damned. My ass was gonna have what the hell I was longing to have. 
Adventure an unadulterated carnal engagement. You only live once. That said, it's pretty fair to state that we were all headed off the proverbial cliff with pleasure-seeking and primal madness. At that time, we could have given a 21. Good God am. Who the hell would have thunk it, though? Hey, what can I say? Self-proclaimed cognitive elitists are very gregarious and esoteric creatures. We matriculate towards one another, the likes of a moth to a flame. No shit. Albeit, by happenstance or purpose, I'm consummately a commitment-phobic for life beyond any shadow of a doubt by nature, for that matter. So, I thought. That old soldier in me had made me emotionally tough and resilient. However, love is like history, it evolves, luckily for me. You gotta be a warrior type to understand the meaning and mindset of that. Adventurers. We are wildly curious and daring creatures of what is, what can be, what is missing, as well as what is unknown. Such risky and dangerous pursuits can be both psychologically and emotionally gut-wrenching, let alone perilous as fuck. Yet, on the other hand, HHHMMM. Nonetheless, who could have imagined in their wildest of dreams that the onset of an impending winter storm would reach out the course of three lives perilously, as well as forever? Put it this way our continual quest to seek pleasure, whenever and wherever, brought about magnificent pursuits of carnal and intimate bliss. However, that same bliss was a very unyielding entity it refused to be controllable and obedient. Its permanence in my life simply was not mine, to ever behold. Of course, as with any disobedient animal, or ideal it forced me into a very reluctantly personal space the challenging of my faith, beliefs and uncontrollable wanting darkness. It was now on. The reprobative dive into utter bliss, enlightenment, chaos, and utter peril. We never saw it coming. What I would come to feel as a chance meeting was anything but. And how many of us know there is no such thing as a chance meeting? Ever? However, looking back, I realized that the synergistical force that pulled me towards the mountains of Elijay was as deviant as it was ethereal. I believe, call it balance, for whatever reason, I was drawn there by a beguiling and determined entity, which I could not see, only feel. Yet, there was no doubting in my mind that something fantastically mind-blowing was awaiting me up there. Forcing me to place as much distance and mental space between myself, suburban Atlanta, and her urban enclaves. Because I had grown far too weary of feeling like a damn square peg continually attempting to retrofit myself into the circumference of meaningless so-called prominent social circles. If you get my drift. Fair to state, I was over it all. 22. Until that rather infamous Saturday night at Atlanta Studio 54. That is where I re-engaged with two of the gentlemen, Hugo and Yui, that would change the trajectory of my life forever. Amidst the normal Friday night herd stood Hugo and Yui. Both cousins were standing with the procession of anxious and feverish gentlemen gathered by the crowded, danced floor that night enjoying and sipping on their extra-large dirty martinis as I walked in. Of course, I was recognized immediately 
As my eyes were met with beguiling winks and smiles of approval by Hugo and his cousin, or was it relief, jury is still out. Need to iterate that this was after reviewing my entire silhouette from head to toe. It would be my quasi-naked and afraid short-lived moment, teasing, of course. I thought the damn herd were going to begin turning black flips in that tiny space. Yeah, you heard me correctly. We call it black flips for a reason. Those boys love to dance with black, Hispanic, and Asian women. For whatever reason. Even more, the darker the dancing beauty, the better. But hey, we all love to cut a damn rug on the studio's dance floor. I could dance all night, never run out of dancing partners, or breath. Shit, those were the good ole days, so to speak. Hey, baby boomers are people too, don't ever count us out we are the damn party. I know damn well I was. And goodness that you go. However, to his and Yui's defense there were reasons to smile and wink, with such imprudence, shall I state. Our little trio was in the ownership and possession of secrets so damn riveting that if ever revealed, it would rock the state of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, from top to bottom. Because, previously, our little trio bumped into one another at a business engagement, hosted at a billionaire's buckhead enclave, around our prospective fields and interest, private equity. Not only did I feel honored and in my element and field of interest. I was with my damn tribe. Nothing mattered to me that evening beyond that. Because it was the most comfortable and accepted space I had partied and unleashed myself in for a very long, long, long time. Damnation. Safe to state, I cared very little for an introduction or to acknowledge either gentleman. I, no. That's some snarky bullshit, as it is inexcusable. But my headspace was all fucked up, and in a desperate fight for change and salvation. Though my convictions were spinning on their axis, at that point in time. But gosh. I was so bitchy and mean. Worse. I didn't give a damn about either gentleman's feelings, opinions, nor retort. Somehow, mean girls, just doesn't quite cut it, or explain it. Cause underneath those expensive garbs of mine, my ass was seething and smoking towards the host. How dare, he introduce me to, what I first perceived, as wannabe financial. 23. Players. Who knew nothing of the shark-infested investment banking waters. Learned rather swiftly, to never judge a damn book by its cover especially within the investment banking community. Goodness. Oops. Clearly, I wasn't the board chairman's only best friend and potential mega investor. My true disdain and uneasiness were the fact that those boys were wearing lawman jeans, along with pretty high-end Rolexes. Assessed rather swiftly that those two mofos were far wealthier than any of us financial community bottom feeders could have ever imagined. In addition, those boys were tall, blue-eyed, European, fine as hell, accompanied by some of the sexiest accents and drawls a girl could or want to hear. Automatic competition and threat. Let alone, pretty difficult for me to keep my harlot and shark instincts at bay. Still, I was a bit disdained, like hell, 
being blindsided like that, shit. Then again was this harlot really disdained, or turned the fuck on. Which, of course, made Yugo and Yui pretty sexy and sexual clear and present dangers. Albeit right or wrong, there was something enigmatic and dark about them, not in a threatening way, but an M in Skyfall kind of way. I know how to read my goddamn spidey senses. For the record, Yugo and Yui sent my sensory into the damn stratosphere, no shit. But damn. The magic and magnetism swirling around our little pseudo-pact was undeniable. I knew in my heart of hearts, this was a wrap. We were gonna follow those invisible breadcrumbs, to the naked eyes of others, wherever they would lead. Rather, or not, it be a dark rabbit hole of sinfulness and sensual bliss. Safe to say in the presence of those boys resistance threatened to give way to curiosity. Harlot inclinations be damned. Hell, the hairs on my neck and arms were at full attention, long before the chairman's introduction was over. What can I say? Though graciously and properly introduced by the host, I failed to pay either gentleman any noteworthy attention, well at that time. I was really pissed at our host, for blindsiding me the way he did. I believe it was my slightly crushed ego and ambition inside me, that lead to way to such profound resentment and hurt. 24. In actuality, I was pretty snarky and stuck up as hell towards the underdressed fellas, most of the guests wore shark repellent business suits, not sport jackets and jeans. Total product of my current toxic and hateful work environment, at that time. Didn't stop my depraved behavior towards the two gentlemen, however, kept asking myself, quietly, who the hell did Hugo and Yui think that they were? Better than the rest of us? Or wealthier than the rest of us? Either way, Myas didn't appreciate having to challenge my own convictions and curiosities that way, not in the fucking least. In my eyes the chairman's bold move was either payback or a test. Cared less either way. At first glance, Alexei and Yui felt out of place and over the top to me. So petty and amateurish in retrospect. Naive as hell of me as well. I knew better than that. Of course, a decision I would come to kick myself in the ass for later. Not only was my attitude rude, but growing rapidly insufferable, at the same time. To my snarky, city girl, credit I mistakenly took the gentleman for wannabe hicks, from God knows where. Not a stretch of the imagination for Buckhead Atlanta. Mountain boys always journeyed down to Buckhead or Midtown Atlanta for some decadently mischievous adventure and sowing of their wild oats, so to speak. No surprises there, ever. We city slickers and wannabe polite society socialites. Were easy fucking pickings in the primal depravity department at times. Rather we wish to admit it or not. Can't blame those wealthy carnal mountain dwellers for that. Period. However, hater, harlot or not, I knew I wanted Alexa's ass, beyond any shadow of doubt. Made up my mind to play the no-holds-barred type of dating games, with him, as coyly as possible. After all, Myas was in the, overly pompous, 
mindset that he was a damn mildly experienced country hick, not in a bad way, but in the relationship and quasi-dating game, right? And are this pseudo-sophisticated powerhouse dating game city slicker? What the hell did I have to lose? Didn't think there was much competition where those boys had journeyed from. A very unrealistic and snarky as narrow-minded point of view. But you may blame that on Alexa's and Yui's sensual attributes, that when in their presence appears to go all over you. In addition to their arrogance and competence. The writing was on the wall, they came to dominate, not just the business side of the knight's double-edged sword. There was no doubting that. Nonetheless, there was something about me that struck those boys' libidos and curiosities. I could see it deep within the depths of their gorgeously piercing European eyes. Of course, I played it off like hell. Had very little choice in that department if I wanted to salvage any parts of my sensual and wanting restraints. Because they were fading and fleeting faster than the sinking of the Titanic. Swear to my living God. Somehow the saying, sink or swim, just doesn't quite say it. 25. Yeah, my resilience decided, rather than stand and fight the fire emerging between my thighs, it would take an yellow belly of a nosedive, instead fight against the onslaught of a million goosebumps marching up my backside. As well as me having a sinking feeling that my primarily hungry jugular was fully exposed, rather than continuing to conceal itself. There was some fantastic emotional shit stirring about inside me. Most notably my ever-increasing feelings of angst and jealousy, I was now in very unfamiliar waters. At least from a cognitive emotionally perspective. Plus unbeknownst to many of the event's attendees, the chairman and I were deeply close. Far closer than any guest could have ever imagined. I didn't want to give an inch of territory to anyone where the host was concerned. I knew that one of two factors were happening simultaneously. I was being both tried and tested. My thought processes were this he did me as much as I indeed him. But he being married to a Medusa type of wife, herself. I could never fully have him, the manner in which I wished or wanted. It would be the untold secret that bound us together the likes of concertina wire. Some great loves are just never ever to be revealed, only desired. That said, I knew, instinctively, he wouldn't mind a little harmless flirting with two southern gentlemen. My intentions weren't seeking out and suborning a marrying kinder of beau, no, not at all. Just attempt to seek a little adventure and southern comfort, if you get my drift. Hell. Alexi and Yui were fine as eye candy, with those ripped protruding muscles and full dewy plum lips glaring me in my damn face. Making a damn girl wonder before she could catch herself. Total miscalculation on my behalf. That flirting with these boys would be the end of it all. However, later in the evening, to my or an utter naive experience and expectations, that so-called event turned into some type of paganistic afterparty, out of nowhere, it seemed. The damn guest speaker was still upstairs signing books and shaking hands with new and future investors in the goddamn interim. He never had a clue. Funny as all get out. That boy was oblivious to the full swing, no pun intended, of the swingers' rendezvous 
that had birthed itself within the confines of the chairman's swanky enclave. What in the fuck fuck was happening in so-called conservative and suburban Atlanta? By midnight, the swap meet was on and in full swing. No pun intended. Folks started exchanging partners all over the place. I'm talking in the downstairs makeshift orgy room, the pools, hot tubs, showers that could quite safely fit nearly 50 people at once, and guest houses on the property. My mouth was completely and utterly agape. I'm talking clothes, panties, drawers, G-strap stilettos, high-end loafers everywhere you could step. This was a bit above my adventure level experience, so to speak. What in the fuck? I repeatedly whispered to myself. Now who was the hick, and who was the more seasoned city slickers? Total prude alert. My level of pure sexual and intimate ignorance was. 26. On full display. Totally gut-wrenching. And do I really need to say it? <coughs> Embarrassing as hell, at the same time. Imagine the fucking look of. How dare they snark in us. Truth be known, that shit tickled the fuck out of those damn mountain-dwelling wealthiest playboys, because it revealed so many truths. I was bitchy, not brave. Though thrilled and excited, especially between my flame-filled thighs, I wanted to leave that mansion as fast as my feet would take me. But somehow Hugo and Yui managed to talk me into not leaving, in such an expedient and rude manner. Should have known it would have been those two sexy fuckers. Damn it. But my ass was horrified, especially being one of maybe three women of color, present and participating in such an event. Total sensuality and intimacy novelist, and snob. So much for open-mindedness. Or was I frightened by something far more familiar to me, an awakening of the senses? Don't be such a party pooper, baby girl, what is it about those two words, with fellas, Yui yelped, in his sexy European ass voice. Simultaneously, Alexei, glared deep into my eyes, with those cerulean blue diamonds of his. Saying not a damn word, as he slightly bit down on his lip, of course, before licking and moistening them to a sparkling glisten. My nectar of the gods immediately flooded my carnal reservoir, from its walls to its pit. Especially, as Alexei kissed the back of my hand and palm, ever so firmly and purposeful. His gesture forced my knees to softly knock against one another, as my mouth grew watery and wanting for a dewy kiss from him. But damn, it couldn't be helped, those eyes of his spoke to me in volumes, girlfriend give in to me and your feelings. Rake alert. That was it. Leaving was completely out of the question. Until. Before I could turn to make a swift exit, both of those boys reached up to pat me on my stomach, ever so confidently and softly. Those hands of theirs felt as if tiny bolts of electric shock were streaming from them onto every inch of my body's loins. Clearly, fate was being as bitchy as ever, along with playing fucking mind games with my ass. I could not have left all that excitement and intrigue if the chairman had come to rescue me himself. Kind of feeling like he's a set this shit up, that way. The host, that is. Once the dust settles, he and I would have a come to Jesus session. Of course, to very little avail.
he knew a truth I was nowhere near ready to fathom about myself. 27. I was far more conservative and prudish than I could ever let on. On the surface, truth be known. What? Because he knew I was overdating those arrogant and privileged big city and shark-suited business corporate types. Too many of those personality types had become very stereotypical and boring as hell. And let's not even begin a conversation about their lack of primal imagination, shall we say. Expressed as much over dinner and drinks, during our routine happy hour get-together every Thursday evening. But good lord, if I only had known and realized, at that time, be fucking careful what the hell you ask for from the perspective of sensual hunger and greed, you just may get it. But at that particular place and time in my life, I didn't care. I was blinded by greediness of the flesh, lust. My ass just kept going on and on, relentlessly about what I needed and no longer wanted. The chairman listened with great attention to the details of my angsts, never iterating a word of conviction on way or the other. His mind simply gobbled up my desires and secrets as he locked them down someplace in the back of his mind. To my awe and surprise, it would be just like him to throw a ringer at me out of nowhere, just like that. He may have ended me, but the chairman never missed an opportunity to challenge my convictions, thought processes, and worst of all, fucking limits. Prompting me to think ever so suspiciously, this entire scenario was a total fucking pre-planned, wet dream of the three tenacious and wealthiest playboys, if you get my drift. No man or woman knew me better than the chairman, and vice versa. My thoughts were not a stretch of the imagination. In addition, he knew I wasn't quite over my breakup with that sexiest bad boy of an international president, playboy and lover, who'd been handpicked by the boys of Goldman Sachs for me, from Minnesota. Talk about being thrown in at the deep end of the ocean. Shit, what in the hell was up with this polite society's version of libertinism? Fuck, this damn, fuck it a fuck, shit. Then again, realistically speaking, could I really be angry with him, though? I mean, realistically. 28. 29. Albeit it unthinkable or provocative lovers, pseudo-paganistic swingers pact was a conscientious decision by all parties involved, but no less bone-chilling and alluring at the same time. But I shall let others be the judge of that. 30. 31. As we slept. Oh, holy shit. As George's sons and daughters slept on that infamous Sunday night in February of 2014, the second Arctic blast spread across Georgia like the seven plagues of Egypt. Bringing with it a type of paranormal omen, many of us mountain folk couldn't begin to recognize. Seriously, we would end up scrambling for our lives. The likes of 1972's refugees in Cambodians fighting for a squat on the last plane out to America. New fucking shit. Because Mother Nature's cold and icy wrath brought with it a type of brutality and insolence from outside of our normal comfort zones and idyllic silos. That second Arctic blast turned our mountain retreats 
and carnal sanctuaries into some type of pseudo-Siberia. Every inch of mountain soil was under attack. Trees were laden with icicles and nearly three to four inches of snow, while sharp icy knives of nature began to stab and slice our beautiful landscapes, ponds, and rooftops. Onlookers would have sworn. A Scud missile had gone off up there. It was just that dire and messy. Especially with some of those. Cabins caving into the ground because of the heavy ice and snow. Reality was setting in on us the likes of a runaway freight train. Well, well, well. How intriguing is that? Ladies and gentlemen. I told you, winter captives, winter captives. <laughs>